Hello, and welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm the Resident Youth. And I'm Camp Adulthood. Uh, Shay and Maddie, in case you've forgotten our names. We're in the same place. We're in the same place. We're super excited because we haven't recorded together since July, um, even though you've been getting all of that sweet content straight to your iPhones. Um, So we're really excited to be here back in New York City recording together with a full-length episode with a wonderful guest, an old friend of mine, Kristen. You want to say hello to everyone, Kristen? Hi, everybody. All of our internet listeners. Yeah, and Kristen is here to talk to us about many things, but uh, probably most predominantly her experience as a young uh, military wife. Uh, Yes. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Yay, especially... Thank hey, this you. is fun. Yay. Um, awesome. So do we want to begin with our millennial moments of the week for our new listeners and for Kristen's benefit? This is where we kind of go around and we share a story from the week, if you have one. Mine uh-huh. is that yesterday I ate uh, watermelon Sour Patch Kids for lunch mm. at work. <laughs> and that was it. That was nice. it. Well, I had like a Pellegrino. I walked down with a Pellegrino. <laughs> that makes it, was it a lemon worse. Pellegrino. <laughs> oh. It was mostly because I was like, I was really craving the candy and it was at like 11 o'clock and then I ate like the entire bag and I was like, now I'm not hungry for anything else. Oh. This is it. So. <laughs> there you go. So you were fine. committed. I you was committed. committed. Um, what about you, Shay? So... I don't, maybe this would be more of a hot topic, but I kind of wanted to tell a funny story of something that happened to me on the plane coming here. I took a red eye from Los Angeles, which is where I currently am. Um, And my preface, the question I have to preface this with is, uh, did you guys have like special lovey stuffed animals when you were a kid? And if so, what were their names? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, (laughs) tell us. I had this thing called Puffy and I, him. and I still remember when I threw him away funny story I <laughs> I was not still currently like using him or anything but I still had him you know in the back of the closet and I accidentally threw him away like when I was in college or something and I was super upset about it <laughs> and what was Puffy was he like a mythical creature or a no I don't know just probably some random stuffed animal someone found at the store it was kind of an elephant i think oh was it like a puffalump is that what they were called puffalumps yeah did you have puffalumps young maddie yes you did okay cool um now do your boys so um kristen is mom to two beautiful boys who are three and one correct one and a half Mm -hmm. three and and what three and a half and one three and a half and one Mm -hmm. growing so fast now do they have special stuffies and what are their names not really. I mean, the older one was really into, um, he has this bunny that my Aww. sister got him for a while and his name was Bunny. <laughs> Very creative. <laughs> like, up with, but he's kind of over it now. And they never had anything that they like took out of the house because I wouldn't let them. Because you're no, a strict, strict mom. Yeah. Dirty and just not a good idea. Oh. Now, Maddie, what about you? I really didn't. I was not a stuffed animal kid. You didn't have a special doll or like a blanket? No, I really didn't. Mm. I had like other objects like kids are really into like their special thing. Like I had like books and stuff, but I was never into like the blanket or the, the soft, the soft thing. Yeah. I had a stuffed dog named Mutsy which was the name that was on the tag. So that's what my parents told me the name was. So not very creative, but I loved him and I still have him. And I definitely slept with him until I was in grad school. Aww. So that's it's funny that we bring this up because I had on my list of potential hot topics. Someone tweeted at us, a listener oh. tweeted and wanted us to talk about there's a statistic floating around that one out of every four, four millennials still sleeps with a stuffed animal. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Like. I was going to bring it up. Oh, so perfect. It's yeah. like we're on the same of one mind. Yes. Um, I mean, I feel like that that makes total sense. But the real question or what I'm curious is, is it is a stuffed animal that like your boyfriend gave you or is it the stuffed animal you've had since you were three? I don't know. They didn't specify. Mm. So I'm I would unclear. like further research. So listeners, please tweet in at us and tell us, do you still sleep with a stuffy? And if so, how long have you had them? Yeah. 
So anyway, my story, and it's a millennial moment because I totally laughed out loud at an eight-year-old on this airplane at 5.30 in the morning at JFK like an asshole. Um, but there was this very like lovely family sitting in front of me. So it was like the mom and the dad, and they're probably in their mid-30s, um, a little girl who's maybe eight or nine, and a little boy who's four or five. Um, and they were very good kids the whole flight whatever now I didn't see this but apparently the little girl had a baby doll and it is her like very prize lovey you know so she doesn't want to lose it and her dad proceeds to tell he was like Susie now I saw that dirty baby fell on the floor (laughs) its name is dirty baby (laughs) and Yes, his name is Dirty Baby. So they had those family, like it was taking forever to deplane. And the family had like a 15 minute conversation about Dirty Baby. And they just kept referring to him as Dirty Baby. (laughs) (laughs) And I like couldn't contain myself. I like got this worst case of the giggles. And then when the little girl was like, well, mom, you can't wash Dirty Baby because Dirty Baby's arms will fall. I really I couldn't hold it in anymore and then I felt really bad because the wow. girl totally caught me laughing at her and it was Aww. so we were all like you know underslept and delirious and I was like I hope this sweet young girl is like not the game laughing at her for having a stuffy I'm just laughing at her because it's named it's dirty funny. baby That's great. Um, yeah so that was my my moment um of the week uh KP what do you have to contribute well, I was actually thinking about this about five minutes ago because <laughs> <laughs> I have to say my millennial moment was trying to log into Skype to talk to you guys because I haven't done it in a long time because mm-hmm. I've been using different apps and things. And I'm trying to remember my username and it is definitely the one, and I still use it for a lot of other accounts too. It originated with AIM or AIM or whatever you call it. We talk a lot about AIM on this podcast. Yeah. Which I know. Did you Oh, sorry, go on. Their name and I still use it for different things. That's amazing. But I also saw and I just saw it really quick when I was um, scrolling through Facebook today. Um, do you remember Jake Oresic from college? He was like a year old. Jake Oresic. Jake Oresic. He would love that he's getting shouted out. What? You know I don't remember Oh, you don't remember anybody. Anyway, he did, like, student union with me. But he, and he wrote for our school paper, and he said that they're, like, like, AOL is discontinuing their instant messaging service as of next week. So, Oh, I'm surprised it even still exists. I know, right? It's the end of an era. Man. Interesting. Very sad. Um, So was, Maddie was, I think we talked about this before, but, like, was AIM a big part of your life as it was ours? It was a little bit. Like, I definitely used the AIM, and I had an AOL email for a long time. But I think in terms of social interaction, I think just hearing you and your comrades talk about it, like, it was <laughs> much more a bigger part of your childhood than it was mine, because I think it was a big part of my like elementary and middle school, but then in high school, everyone had a cell phone, so everyone was texting Uh-oh. or using Facebook, which was not the case with you guys. No. Um, KP, did you do um, ICQ when you were in college or when, when you were in high school? No. That was. And it's funny that you say that because I don't think anyone used it, but I really I think my Canadian friends. We oh. used it. We're always trying to like talk to always me about the getting... Canadians. <laughs> well, yeah, that so makes that... sense. I lived kind of close to Canada, but um, no, it wasn't a thing where I was. I, I guess all the whole two hours away, growing up yeah. in Northeast Ohio, little knowing that we would become <laughs> friends. Yes, so Very exciting. Okay. Yeah. Well, shifting gears, yes. Shay, do you have a hot topic or was your dirty baby story <laughs> your hot topic? No, also. Uh, but I do have a hot topic. Or a campfire um, as we've rebranded. Yes, campfire. My So my campfire, and I particularly chose this one because I felt like it's something, um, sorry, I'm looking at my notes on my phone. We're very professional. We actually prepped yeah, for these interviews, so prepped. unlike some of the ones we've done before. Yeah. I mean, I'm mostly prepped for this one, and then it goes downhill, but um, I'm still prepped. So I wanted to talk about, um, so obviously we talk a lot about on social media on this podcast and how it 
has changed different things. So I was reading a fantastic article in Quartz about multi-level marketing. Mm. And for those of you that don't know what that is, internet listeners, it's companies like Avon and Mary Kay, or for our younger listeners, LuLaRoe, Rodan and Fields, the stupid nail sticker thing. Aren't those like Ponzi schemes, or is that different? So that is what it was talking about. So this was an article, uh, it came out in August by Alden Wicker, and it was called, um, (laughs) the title of the article was Multi-Level Marketing Companies Like LuLaRoe or Forcing People into Debt and Psychological Crisis. Side note, we should tell Sarah, I feel like that is a poor title for an article. I feel like that's the same thing, like the article that was floating around that was talking about how millennials are all in debt because we buy too many avocados. Oh, well, that's interesting. (laughs) Was it like you'll never buy a house because you eat avocado toast or something? Yeah, and I was like, not true. Whatever. That's a hot topic for another time. Yes, okay. Table that. Yes. Table those avocados. Yes. Um. (laughs) But I thought it was it was really interesting for several reasons. And first is that they were talking about um, they masquerade as women's empowerment because once you buy into these, there's a lot of this like language about you're taking control of your life and da 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 da. And as you know, then you're obviously not. So, but the thing that's really interesting because I think it would be great. You know, if you're buying something wholesale, like it's an interesting uh, sales channel, right? To sell it all through social media and you're getting something like kind of under the radar. But the problem is where you really make money is by getting more consultants to sign up. So like if you're going to, if you Mm. get six consultants to sign up under you, then you make a percentage of their sales. That's the Ponzi scheme. That's the Ponzi scheme. So the Federal Trade Commission did a, has done several investigations on them um, and they have deemed that most of them are not. Ponzi schemes, but it's very, very close. So um, I really liked this one line uh, going back to that it's this, uh, you know, kind of women's empowerment, but not. Um, it said their hashtag girl boss mythology repacked for Christians and Mormons. Whoa. Entrepreneurialism for women brought up believing men should be the breadwinners and a peppy dream for millennials who were told they could do anything. So anyway, I just wanted to get your everyone's thoughts on it kp i know it's something a lot of military spouses do engage in because it's hard when you're traveling and you're moving every few years to keep a job and also i just want to talk about how annoying it is when people fucking facebook me and they're like hi shay how are you doing can i tell you about a special business opportunity and then i get mad and it's always like the sweetest people that are doing that but then i get angry and then i feel like an asshole but i i just want to go on amazon and buy things i don't yeah so. so interesting that you bring that up because I don't know I feel like you guys probably don't see it as much as I maybe do yeah or maybe you do since you just said that you get messaged a lot but it is huge in I would say not necessarily exclusive to like the military culture I think it's more the stay-at-home mom culture okay yes correct I I think that's correct yeah everywhere if we had time I could sit here very easily and name like 20 different things that people sell it's crazy it's everywhere and I feel like so many people I know do it um yeah I don't know I don't know if I have a huge opinion of it overall I think it's pretty clear that some are legit and some are really really not you know And, and we hear about you know things coming out about certain companies that are not legit and Mm -hmm. really on their um sales consultants or whatever they want to be called but that that line that you said about something about rebranding for christian women and yeah Yeah. i did not like that at all i hated that because i feel like it's very like not to step on your thought kp but like i feel like it's those types of things that it's like very obvious and obviously this is me thinking about who wrote this i didn't read the article yet but like it's definitely clear that someone in New York wrote that yes. about yeah. people that live elsewhere that are stay-at-home mm-hmm. moms or, you know, what have you that KP was talking about, where it's like this very sort of judgy place that they're coming from that I personally just don't appreciate because it's like, you don't know these people's lives. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I know people like some of my mom's friends and some of my family members do it. And like, like Kristen, like you were saying that some of the 
items are like super cool and I'm like yeah I would totally buy that and some of it's like okay this is clearly just a scheme of some sort Mm -hmm. but it's like I think you should judge it based on the merit of the product and the merit of the company and not the fact that it's a cultural phenomenon amongst a group of people that you know nothing about where you live thousands of miles away that's what bothers me about it but well and I think oh sorry go on no no no, I just, um, I will post the article for anyone to read it. But what was really interesting is they talked about kind of the proliferation of these starting with, I, it was Avon was the, don't quote me on that. It was either Avon Cadillac. or Mary Kay. Yeah. So I think but, it was, it was Tupperware. what? Tupperware. Oh yeah. So it talks about how these were more like straightforward wholesale programs, but also the reason they were so successful is because they were often, even if you weren't quote unquote, you know, rural if you lived even in a small city an hour from a big city, you couldn't necessarily just like run out to Target 50 right. years ago and pick up some Tupperware. So yeah. that was why these companies were so successful. And now it was more of a necessity. Item. Exactly. So now that it's that we have um, the internet, it's kind of become this different beast and some people are profiting from it and some people are not because I don't know. I like there's a part of me that loves the idea of, these women like buying wholesale and reselling and using their business smarts but it is that whole like recruiting other consultant thing that is so freaking annoying to me yeah so yeah yeah I mean I think um I think people just have to be smart and I think it's like anything else it can be very much a get rich quick kind of scheme or it can be um you know I think there are some more um conscionable companies out there that do it and it just depends and I think it can definitely prey on those women and there's a lot of um a lot of problems with that but I don't know if it's necessarily has anything to do with yeah like Christian culture or stay-at-home moms necessarily it's just yeah or millennial culture really either so Mm -hmm. um which was his other kind of um tenant of his argument um but yeah any other comments Very on nice. that? That was my hot topic. I like it. Thank you. Um, side note, internet listeners, I just want to interject quickly. If you're confused as to why we keep calling Kristen KP. Oh, yes. This, Sorry, we have not been consistent. We have not been consistent. This is a nickname. Uh, so we'll go into this further in a minute, but KP and I went to college together. Um, I also went to college with KP's husband, so I know all of them from college. And in our sorority, everyone's name, except for like mine, was uh, Kristen or Catherine. So I didn't realize KP was also a Kappa. Yeah, she was president of our chapter. What? Yeah, Maddie was also a president. Um, so exciting how did I not I, I don't know I'm sure you told me yeah, at some point I just obviously um anyway so we have many variations uh nicknames for all of these lovely now grown-up women and they've just stuck now it happens 10 plus years down the road so right. um and we will continue to be inconsistent with what we call her uh, for the rest of this episode even started in high school maybe oh really that is or maybe not because yeah not. Oh, doesn't matter Awesome. Okay. Well, my campfire topic kind of leads into the interview. Yes. Um, but I wanted to mostly get KP's thoughts, but also Shay's. I I work in an office, and long story short, I don't want to be too long-winded, but there is just, especially amongst millennial dads, like young dads in their 30s, yeah. where... There's like this huge phenomenon of dads taking care of their own children and it being a feat in and of itself. Yes. Like I have people that I work with, like men who have like young kids and they'll be like, oh yeah, my wife is like out of town for a week and people will be like, what are you going to do? And it's like this mass hysterical panic. And I'm like, is this a thing? Is this just men in general? Is it young dads? People just don't trust them with their own children. I don't know. Thoughts. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. So I don't think that's a millennial thing at all. I feel like even, oh, I don't know. I think some of the young, like the dads our age, the millennial dads are maybe even better about it than say maybe our dads or our grandparents. I think older generations would have been like, oh, watch the kids if you're gone. <laughs> you know, it's not going to yeah. be me. But that being said, 
yeah, that's just silly. And it happens. And I think it just varies person to person. You know, like I think, um, my husband would be like, okay, yeah, whatever. See you later. Um, it would actually probably be way better about it than I would like him to be because I would kind of like <laughs> that part when I leave. Yeah. To be honest with you. <laughs> like he can appreciate, you know, it is yeah. like sometimes or, Aww. you know, I can be appreciated. But um, I think he would handle it just fine. And I know other men that would as well. And But on the other side, I know some men that and some dads that just, oh, it's this whole big thing and everyone kind of plays into it. And yeah, so I agree with you, Maddie. That's silly. <laughs> yeah, I was hanging out with a friend this morning and I I wanted to compliment, like not compliment her, but like I wanted to tell her how cute I think it is when she posts pictures of her husband and her baby on her Instagram. But like, I mean, I did say something to her because she's one of my closest friends, but I hesitated because I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm giving your husband credit for just like doing normal dad things. And, you know, so I, and it is true. Like the reason it's cute is not just because they're, you know, out getting an ice cream cone. It's but because this particular father daughter just look at each other like we love each other so much. (laughs) And that's what's really sweet is like the way that they interact. But I wanted to be really mindful of not being like, oh, my gosh, isn't your husband so great for taking her out for ice cream? Because, like, that's what dads are supposed to do. But, uh, KP, I also feel Bill goes a little, you know, above and beyond. Well, before we talk about Bill, can we do a little intro KP and her life? And her life, yes. So um, tell us, I don't know where we want to begin. Do we begin in college? Yeah, so, well, let's do our normal, KP, if you can tell us, um, I mean, you've listened to the podcast, so what we always ask our guests is uh, your name, uh, where you're from, so where you grew up, uh, where you live now, uh, where you went to college, if you went to college, obviously you did, because otherwise I wouldn't know you. Cats out of the bag on that Cats out of the bag. Um, A little kind of bit about what you do now, um, and... Just to place you on the millennial spectrum. Yeah, let's just place you in the millennial spectrum. All right. Ready? Go. Okay. So I, my name is Kristen. I was born in 1984, Um, was born and raised in a small town in Northeast Ohio, went to college at John Carroll University, which is in Cleveland, and that's where I met Shay. Yay. Um, Other awesome Kappa. Um. And then I got graduated in 2006 and from college and got married um, also in 2006. So we graduated in like June, right? Mm-hmm. And then, yep. And then got married in December to Gosh. an awesome guy named And <laughs> he um, commissioned in the Army right when we graduated from college. So we have been um, a military family the whole time since we, you know, have been together, which has been kind of cool to do it. Um, you know, the whole thing sort of from step one with him and, and seeing all that. Um, and we have lived lots of different places and we currently live in North Carolina and we have two boys and I'm a stay at home mom. Well, that is all very excellent. Yeah. Um, I myself, I don't know if Shay shared with you, not at the level that you guys are at, but my current boyfriend who is asleep in the bedroom right now, he was <laughs> in the Marine Corps now, not anymore, but so I can relate somewhat. And listeners, if you are looking for an interesting life about being active duty military, or an interesting listen about active duty military service, uh, please listen to Corey's episode, which was, I don't know, episode 10 or something. Yeah. So check it out. That's great. Um, awesome. So... Maddie, do you have a list of exciting questions? I do have a lot of okay. lists of exciting questions. Go, you start. So I think the base question, and you can tell us if this is too basic, but I think a lot of our listeners would be interested. When you see civilian couples or civilian families, what do you think is the most stark contrast or the most unique sort of thing about your relationship or about your family that you think you would like civilian families to know about? Ooh, wow, that's a good question. (laughs) I think sometimes we sit around and and we're like, man, it would just be so easy if we 
and not that anyone's marriage or anyone's life is easy, but what would be easier about it is like, oh man, it'd be so easy if you were just always here or if you, you know, didn't deploy and you didn't leave for six or nine months at a time. And, and then we can spend it, we're like, what would we do with ourselves? <laughs> like, um, I'm sure we'd get you, but in a way it's like to this now. Um, so but that I think is the biggest thing is it's just different. I think when your husband is gone a lot and even when they're home, you know, quote unquote home, not deployed, they're often, you know, doing training for weeks on end or they just, um, like my husband just works really long hours. I know a lot do as well, but, um, it's just, you know, a little bit unpredictable when they're going to be home and when they're not going to be home. Um, what do I wish other people knew? Yeah, that's okay. There's no wrong answers. Um, Another (laughs) thing that I am interested in, because I felt this way on a much smaller scale again, but the long distance relationship thing, I kind of always felt like I was anticipating seeing them and then being sad that they were going to leave again. Yeah. Do you feel like you go through kind of the cycle of like preparing to leave and then preparing for them to come back? And is that emotionally draining and if so how do you deal with that sort of cycle yes yeah so it can be very emotionally draining um because you're always sort of unless your husband's in you know a long-term school sort of a situation you're always in that cycle of like pre-deployment deployment reintegration and then you are starting pre-deployment again um and it can be yeah it can be draining so then there's this part during pre-deployment like when they're gearing up to go um, there's, they're often doing a lot of training and you don't see them very often. And then you hit this point where you're like, oh my gosh, just go. Like, let's just get this over with. Let's just get it started so we can get done with it. And that can be, that, you know, t- can be kind of tense and stressful. Um, and then for me sometimes, one of the hardest, and I think for some people too, can be obviously the deployment is hard. And I think it's sort of well-documented. I think everyone can imagine why that is hard. But when they come home can be hard too, um, you know, we call that reintegration because they're getting reintegrated back into, you know, society and their family. Um, and that can be kind of hard when you've been doing things by yourself for however long. And, and there's another adult now back in the house and how do we mesh those routines? Um, and that can be, yeah, all of it's, there's sort of never any normal, you know, and then you're moving a lot, you know, every two or three years usually. So there's no like, if sometimes feels like there's no just flat patches where you're just like, Oh, this is, this is normal. This is easy. (laughs) And does the military provide your family with good resources for how to navigate all of that? Or is it just kind of catch as you can ask the older wives, that type of thing? Yeah, I think they really do. And I wonder, it would be interesting to hear what an older and by older, I mean someone who I guess has been in longer, um, military wife or spouse would have to say, oh, and I have to just make a little side note. I'm just going to say probably I'll say military wife a lot or army wife just because that's me and that's a lot of people that I know. But obviously I know that there are many um, male military spouses as well. So thank you for acknowledging that. Yes. So give them some love as well. And I know they go through all the same things. Um, So yeah, I actually think so when he joined the army was right in sort of the height of the war on terror or whatever they were calling it then. Um, Iraq was really hot. Afghanistan was really hot and sort of the whole country was, um, focused on that. And the army and the military were getting a lot of resources and attention. And there were just tons and tons of programs, um, I think to support military families. And even though some of those wars have, waxed and waned over the past, um, 10 years. I, I don't know. I've always felt, and I've always seen the visibility of those programs. And I think that the army does spend a lot of time and and energy trying to help out families. And I, I don't know, I think some people might have a different opinion. I guess it just depends on your experiences, but, um, so yes, they, they do provide you with a lot of um, resources should you need them. Awesome. Um, Maddie? 
That's very great. Yeah. I have a lot of questions just because well, that's it's why close I'm to my heart. Deferring to Maddie a little bit oh. because I've talked to you about a lot of this stuff, so I went. Yeah. No, I find it super interesting. Yeah. Um, but were you, do you have a question for us, KP? Oh, no. I was just going to say, so I actually am like halfway through the episode with Corey right now. Um, how long have you guys been dating, Maddie? Um, we've I've known him for about two years, and we've been... Okay officially dating for about a little over a year Ooh, exciting cool yeah so the only reason i asked is because i remember too and well it was different for us because i was dating bill before he actually you know joined the army or was commissioned um but i remember when he was starting to get real serious about that i was just had so many questions yeah yeah i mean (laughs) it's interesting talking to you because you're at a different stage of life but it was interesting talking to Corey because I could ask him all of the ridiculous questions that I have about like boot camp and stuff because that is fun (laughs) for me but um yeah it was a good time but one thing that I I did want to ask is having kids do they kind of go through the same cycles that you do or are they kind of oblivious or do they treat like having their dad home as like a special treat or is it just kind of like whatever he's there kind of thing so my kids are actually still really young so they're only three and a half and one so this is the first deployment that my three and a half year old um knows that he's gone really and my one-year-old obviously doesn't get it (laughs) (laughs) um so that's kind of the answer he's never gone through like cycle of it and even during like the pre-deployment sort of the lead up we we only started prepping him for it a couple weeks beforehand because they just don't have much of a concept of time at that age there's no point in starting like six months out or three months even three months out so a couple weeks before we were like oh daddy's gonna go on this big trip and he'll be gone for a while um and I think he is he's actually been doing super well I think I've been really impressed with him um how he's handled it and he does he misses him a lot and he'll talk about missing daddy and what he wants to do when he comes home um the heart i think the older he gets the harder it will be because then they will be able to anticipate more um, yeah for sure i don't know i'm not the best answer to that because i just have little kids <laughs> well we will uh circle back in several years and you can let us know yeah bye yeah is there I'm interested because we talked to Corey about this as well younger people getting you've kind of been with your husband throughout his whole military career and you guys have been a couple during that whole time and do you think for like from his perspective having that family structure and having something to come home to do you think that makes him a better soldier and do you see people in his position I guess it's kind of hard to put yourself in that position but I feel like the fam like having something to anticipate might help being in that situation yeah um I mean I obviously can't speak for him but I hope it does I hope that um I hope that it does I hope that having I think too, especially when we were younger and, and he'd be going through some of the schools and they can be, those training schools can be really difficult. And he would say, you know, like, I know that at least like, no matter what happens, you know, I pass, I fail, whatever. I know that you're still going to be there and that's all that matters. Um, so I hope that he, yeah, takes that with him though. I know times having a family is probably more difficult because, you know, he has to deal with me maybe being, bitter or irritated that he's gone (laughs) you know that he has to deal with you know leaving the kids as well but I hope it helps so on a side note you and Bill are coming up on 20 years of being together is this true life can I do math (laughs) (laughs) um not quite no you can't do math oh but no (laughs) you got together at 16 right they were high school sweethearts internet listeners Yes. So, well, I guess you're, I guess you're getting close. I think we've been together for, it was 16 years this March. That's crazy. Was our dating, quote unquote dating, you know, anniversary. Aww, when that's we were... so sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so long. 
How do you guys communicate now? Do you write letters back and forth? Do you Skype or use other apps and stuff? Do you we, talk on the phone? Yeah, right now we just have like um when he's gone we usually just like text message well not text but have like a, a messaging app. Yeah. Um, yes, which has changed or you know, I can remember other deployments we used Skype or um like during some of the training schools they you know don't have access to any of that so you just write letters and i would bet that's still the same i mean that's going on now you know close to eight yeah. to ten years but i think Corey talked about still- that like he got letters oh when he was in school and stuff so and it's funny because you you'll get them like out of order sometimes mm. because <laughs> they'll mail one <laughs> and then you have to like piece things together it's pretty funny oh. um so i mean not that i you know want to shift the conversation but we're talking a lot about you in relation um to bill obviously because we are talking about you as a military spouse but i oh. think to focus on I, oh can i for a second yes yeah okay. so if we're gonna shift i actually all of a sudden i thought of an answer to maddie's question about what oh yeah knew yes this would be i would say i wish other people people knew or civilians knew that, you know, even if we're not in some really big, highly publicized war, you know, like we were, you know, in Iraq or in Afghanistan, even though both are kind of still going on, but you know, back in the day, right. When we were all in college Mm -hmm. or graduating college, um, or in eighth grade, like young Maddie. Yeah, that's true. Like young Maddie. (laughs) And if we're not in what, like, the American people would consider a quote-unquote war, there are still people all over the world all the time. Um, So just keep that in mind. Like, if you know a military family that don't assume that their service member is home or that they feel like their service member is safe, you know, so that can be difficult sometimes because people say, oh, I didn't know wait, your husband's gone, but I didn't think we were doing anything or things. People say things like that. And you're like, oh my gosh, I just don't even know what to say to you right now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Well, that actually, before I ask my other question, um, and also if Maddie, if you have any other questions about the military spouse, I don't, I, my, my shift is still in the same vein, but um, do you feel that because of the uh, risks associated with Bill's job that as a couple, you guys have had to have conversations and think about things that most 33 year olds don't have to think about yes probably um in all the obvious bad ways yeah like we've sat down and planned out his funeral um but we've also tried to do the same with me and I think some of that comes with when you have kids too like you start to get all your stuff all squared away like you're attorneys and all that kind of stuff um and man this is a serious conversation you guys i know we are serious journalists i'm gonna be like the. oh i have a lot of silly questions shay tries to rein me in (laughs) my interview style is usually pretty silly (laughs) so i can ask you lots of questions be like man this podcast is supposed to be fun and this is such a bummer um (laughs) we have a lot more of those conversations um but I also think, and we say this a lot, that it has made us think of our lives. And um, it's it's been a positive effect. It's had a positive effect on us as well in the way that we live our lives because we try really to not say, oh, we'll do that when we're retired or, oh, we'll do that in 10 or 20 years. And it's like, well, you know, you, you like to think that <laughs> you're going to yeah. have all that time. You know, we just know a lot of people that didn't or haven't. Mm-hmm. So we, I think, go for it more. Um, you know, we have done a lot of traveling and things like that because we just try and focus on what we have, like, right now. Awesome. No, that's 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 really interesting. And I think that that's, you know, it, it, it's just something that I think you do start to think about when you get your thirties and as your parents start to age, but generally the average Joe Schmo doesn't have that kind of crystallizing moment where you have to think about it. So, um, I don't know. I find that very interesting. I really wish more people actually did that mm-hmm. instead of waiting. I feel like we hear a lot of people 
and I don't know, I wonder if millennials do this as much. I feel like this might be a millennial thing too. Like I feel like a lot of millennials are do more of what I'm talking about than I think our parents' generation did mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, work, 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 buy a house, you know, buy some cars, and we're gonna do everything when we retire. And we, you know, know a lot of people who retirement came and they were sick or something happened and they couldn't do the traveling they wanted to do or they couldn't do the things that they had in mind. Um, and I just wish more people would just, just, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is a good, good thing yeah. for our listeners. Yes. Live life in the moment. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I wanted to, so listeners, one thing about KP that you should all know is that she lives in a, you know, it's kind of a conservative community, the military, and she's a flaming red hot liberal. Um, so I hot take think it would be interesting for you, you know, being a really strong feminist and a very left wing leaning, um, to kind of talk about, um, you know, your experience as both you know, being a mom and a stay-at-home mom and being in a kind of a conservative military community and how that's been for you and what are, you know, I'm sure there are both joys and challenges associated and with that. And my add-on is, is the military really that conservative? Oh, yes. Because I challenge that point. Wait, say that again. You cut out real quickly. Oh. Is the military really that conservative? Because I feel like all types of people are in the military or is that not true? I don't know. No, it, it definitely tends to be more conservative and you, I think it just tends to pull from more conservative families and geographic locations. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't have any research, at, but I think if we did some research, the data would back that up. <laughs> so how has but, that but, been for you as the baseline of the military is very conservative in your kind of out there on a limb with your beliefs, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah, so, well, no, kind of to your point, Maddie, so it does attract all sorts of different people. So it's definitely not, um, it's not like everyone is conservative. It's not like everyone's super conservative. Um, You know, there are just varying degrees. I think it's, it's the majority for sure. So... I think I've just learned to, I just don't say very much usually, though I feel like I've been kind of changing about that lately. I don't know if it's like our current political climate or I'm just getting older and I just don't care. Um, I don't know. I feel like most people probably know now. Where do you think your your (laughs) feelings or your political leanings or whatever you want to call it differ from maybe your, your friends? that you've made other military spouses or other military members or people in your community, where do you think the biggest difference is when you talk to people or the biggest thing where you feel like people have the most room for growth that you talk to? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, gosh. So I would say actually the most important part of that question to me is the people that you talk to. And I think that's just a problem that we all have as Americans is no one actually talks about it. Right. So like, I know that people are conservative or I know that people feel certain ways um, just based on sort of comments everyone makes. And I think that's one of the ways that, you know, you're in either a conservative, more conservative leaning or liberal leaning group is the way that people just kind of make flippant comments, assuming that everyone agrees with them. Mm-hmm. Um, like you guys probably get the same thing in New York just on the other side yeah yeah, so but I don't think people talk about these things very much like we know what people think from their like silly Facebook posts Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean so I can't say that I've ever had like a really super meaningful conversation with someone um, that had a really differing viewpoint from me and I don't think that's a military thing I think that's just an American thing yeah Um, yeah. I don't know if that answers your question no I think it I think it does I mean and I think what's really hard is uh, I mean I had this experience over the summer where I was staying at a family member's house and we went to a barbecue at like one of their close friends and we're having 
an amazing time. Everyone is being so lovely. And then I happen to turn around like three hours in and see a giant Trump flag hanging off their barn. And I just, <laughs> you know, and you're kind of like, I feel like I, it's, you know, it becomes this interesting dichotomy where it's like, it's like you feel like you yeah. know, you have, an, whether it is that way or the other way, you feel like you have an understanding of someone and then, and then, and then you don't like, I've seen it the other way where like, you know, I have a lot of conservative family members and I myself have a lot of conservative beliefs, but like, I'll be at home and someone will be like, Donald Trump sucks and whoever voted for him also sucks. And like, yeah. my parents will be there, whatever. I can out my parents as Trump voters. My mom worked for Ronald Reagan, so it's fine. She's not going to mind. But like, you know, like people say flippant comments, they'll be like, oh, so-and-so is an idiot. And it's like, well, that to you seems fine. But it's like, if you're in mixed company, that could be really hurtful to someone, especially yeah. if they're a family member or a friend or something, you know? Definitely. So what is something that you feel really strongly about? Yeah. Hot oh, take. I'm actually just going to say, I don't know, Shay, if I would probably count as a flaming hot liberal. I think I... Oh, you've, you're coming to the middle. <laughs> I, I think I am, yeah. I, so I think I am getting a little tiny bit more conservative about, about some things, um, or just more temperate and moderate. Mm-hmm. And, That's good. I, I feel like the middle is a good zone within yeah. range you know anytime you're too extreme it's a little bad yeah. i feel all right well uh then the corrections uh just a temperate liberal <laughs> so anyway you were saying oh no well and i'm also just realizing that there are like people way way farther left yeah. on the spectrum <laughs> yeah for sure well i i don't go that far um so what was your question oh what are some things that i feel really strongly about Oh, I feel super, super strongly about climate change, though. Don't get me started on why is this even a political political issue? Yeah. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that, especially since having kids, because it just scares the crap out of me, what it's going to do to my kids' future and the kind of world they're going to have to live in um, because of, you know, our changing climate and the effect that that's going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel really strongly about that and very irritated that it's politicized because it shouldn't be. Um, and I don't know if this is super political, but I'm really into Shay and I've kind of started talking about this. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I'm really geeking out on feminism right now. Yeah. Uh, specifically. And this is where I probably would break with the liberals, like specifically new wave feminism, what is yeah. new wave yeah. feminism? I don't even know. To me, feminism is just like men and women should be equal. That seems fine for everyone, right? Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know the waves. I read Wait, Roxanne's I Gay's Bad Feminist. That's as far as I go. Oh, God. I love Roxanne. But that's all you know about feminism? You don't know about first wave, second wave, third wave, new wave? But I feel... See, this is my salient point. I'm also teasing Maddie a little I, bit. I want to know more. But I'm like, if the kernel of truth in the whole thing is that men and women should be equal... The rest is just hooey, right? Well, I, I want so, Yeah, it's not. Go? Well, I just was going to give my quick, and I'm going to say this, and then I'll probably be corrected by all three of our listeners. But um, <laughs> just historically, first wave is kind of like, women should vote and have rights. Second That's wave, good. I vote yes for that. Yeah, second wave <laughs> is... Um, you know, men, women should be able to do everything that men can do and more. And if you choose to be a stay-at-home mom, you're a loser. Okay, that's bad. Third no. wave <laughs> swings the other way, which is like everybody should be able to do whatever they want to do and be respected either way. That sounds great. Yeah. So yes to one, no to two, yes to three. Yeah. Okay, so then. Cool. So now new wave. New wave. So oh gosh. Yes, I will be corrected by anyone who actually knows anything about this because I hello at campadulthood.com, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or at camp underscore adulthood on the Twitter or Instagram. Okay, so I can't give you a textbook, um, you know, definition or anything, but I guess to me and from what I've read and what I'm learning, I think New Wave deals a lot with. So men and women are different. Like we are just different. We have different strengths. We have different weaknesses, um, and that's good. And we hide from that this is where feminism should have gone all along it's so the, the change in the, in the 
mindset didn't need to be men and women are the same, which is sort of the direction it took. It needs to be men and women are different and have different strengths, but the way we um, use those strengths and the avenues that we take um, to um, contribute to society are equally important. Mm -hmm. Different, but equally does that sound right to you? Uh, that does sound right to me. Um, I think there's also, this is, and I've read much less than you, just from like two links that you've sent me and one Facebook group. Um, there's a big component to new wave feminism that is super feminist, but also pro-life as opposed to yeah. traditionally feminism is pro-choice. Yes, which actually, which is the other thing that is super fascinating to me right now. Um, yes, and I should have said that. I think, I don't know, is that like a requirement for New Wave Feminism? Um, I'm not the one to ask, but we can all read up more on it. I don't think anything is a requirement. I mean, what you just described, KP, sounds like pretty reasonable. It's like very realistic, right? Like everything, people are different. People have different strengths. Mm -hmm. Everyone's yeah. coming from a different place. And it's like... Yeah. But there's a there's an understanding there that people are different, and I think that is where, in my personal opinion, like feminism has come short, where it's been this like humorless, like yeah. <laughs> stick in the mud, like everyone has to be the same, not understanding that like people are coming from a different place, people are not going to be the same, and I think from what I've heard throughout this conversation is like it's moving to a place of like more individualistic more where you are in your own community how can you contribute and not shutting the door to people that's the my thing before i get on my soapbox is <laughs> i get really upset when people are like we agree on 90 percent of the issues but it's the 10 percent, and you're like no i can't i gotta like cut you out you're not real you're not you know on the level and it's like yeah. well that's not productive because no one's going to be 100% like you I don't know yeah and and I so think actually, oh go on well I was just going to say that's sort of a perfect segue or tie back to what Shay was saying about um sort of where the abortion issue falls in the different mindsets of feminism so you know we saw for example in the women's march um there are a lot of people that will say that you cannot be a pro-choice feminist like, like by definition, if you want to call yourself a feminist, that part of that, or that, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. You cannot be a pro-life feminist. So some people will say that by definition, to be a feminist, you have to be pro-choice, um, which just seems crazy to me because how can you tell someone that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I mean? a circular <laughs> logic. It's like, how can you tell? It's like. Well, have your own opinion. It doesn't make any sense. Um so that, I agree with you. It's like, I, yeah. I get where they're coming from because they're like, okay, well, you're telling people how to control women's bodies. So, like, I get that. But then it's like the other side of that is like, okay, well, if you can't have pro-life feminists, then you're a thought police, mm -hmm. yeah, which is not great. good either. Well, oh, and maybe maybe this is what you're about to say, but what the new wave feminists are saying is that abortion shouldn't even the conversation should not be about abortion. It should be like, how do we create a world where every child is going to have the same advantages and where you're not going to have, you're not going you to know, make where, tough choices. The community like is taking care of children and taking care of mothers, which we don't do at this point. Yes. Yeah. Which I have found super, fa super fascinating. And it's something that I just discovered maybe within the last, I don't know, nine months to a year or so, because I actually just discovered all this after the Women's March, which sort of blew up my brain. Because yeah. um, it just really flipped the way that I have thought about some things. Um, there's this really interesting group called, oh, you know, <laughs> surprise, surprise, New Wave Feminists. Mm -hmm. um, look at Facebook, they're really interesting. Um, and they sort of started this whole conversation because the Women's March kicked them out. But the, the girl or the woman that runs that explains it really well and she just talks about how just the need for abortion at all is um inherently anti-woman because 
it's telling women that you like in order to be successful or to like overcome an issue, you have to not have children or you have to not have children now because it doesn't fit with your career or you need to get rid of this child because, you know, you don't have any support and we're not going to give you any support, um, which I think is just super interesting. That's very interesting. I had never considered yeah. that. Well, and, and I'm I- learning something new. I was going to say the same thing before KP and I first started talking about this several months ago. I mean, and I still am very strongly um, pro-choice, and that's for several reasons, and the least of which not not being that I, if and when I am become a mother, I'm definitely going to be a geriatric mom, so there's a chance my kid a could geriatric. have... geriatric. Yeah, I will be at least 36 unless I get knocked up, like, tomorrow. It's 30, so. I feel like geriatric is like Janet Jackson getting pregnant no, at 50. No, 36. What? Yeah. Um, so, I... They need I, to rebrand that I know, it's, it's poor branding. But, I mean, I do have to think that my risks for having a child with a serious birth defect are much higher, and I want... I don't want my child to suffer and I can't risk my own life because even though I'm currently a single woman, there are a lot of people that need me. So <laughs> I need um, you for this podcast and they need me for this podcast. So, you know, but I, what I think is really wonderful um, about being able to talk about this with you, KP, and being able to read about this is it has shifted my thought and it's just such a lovely open and really beautiful conversation and um and i'm glad we're talking about it here yeah so i think it's good because it's inclusive of everyone and i really hate thought policing and telling people that they don't belong because of something that they believe not even something that they did but just Mm -hmm. like saying an idea or expressing an opinion because i agree i'm also pro-choice but it's like i had never considered what you were just saying Kristen and now I'm thinking about it and it's very interesting and like I never had I read something and I was just like what yeah, yeah it's super interesting and I had never never thought about it before and it's like if we weren't having this open conversation I never would have been exposed to that idea and I think it's just insidious in this culture that like even saying you know not even about abortion but saying that you voted for Donald Trump people won't talk to you and it goes to the other side too i know people that voted for trump who are like oh if you supported hillary then you're stupid it's like what are we doing it just is so nonsensical to me yeah it's crazy it's frustrating and like you were saying before i don't know i just get frustrated that people we can't talk about it yeah yeah so uh listeners this is our plea to you to please be start a dialogue with someone that you care about um, and be open and uh, try and learn something new. So awesome. So would you say KP that new wave feminism is your campfire topic or do you have something else you'd like to bring to the table? Oh, geez. Put me on the spot. Yeah, I think probably count. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Should we go to our 20 questions portion? Okay, so uh, KP, as an avid listener, you'll know we end (laughs) each session with a guest um, by asking you a series of rapid fire questions. It's just, again, um, to kind of place you even further in the millennium spectrum, millennial spectrum, um, and to have a little fun before we close. So uh, Maddie and I will shoot off some questions and answer just like off the top of your head. So, Oh, I can do that. Favorite book? Oh, okay. So I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> As an avid listener, you should have known. Yeah. Just no, I know. And I've been thinking about it, too. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know. I have so many. Uh, you can do, gonna... Pick one of your top 10, top 20, top 50. Uh, okay. I'm going to say one of my favorites is I love the screw tape letters. Um, but also the historian by Very Elizabeth, good. I think, because yeah. I have one of their books on my table right now. Oh, I love her. The historian's really good. Mm-hmm. And awesome. Va- doesn't love vampires. Oh yeah. Vampires are awesome. So favorite childhood TV show. Um, Saved by the Bell, man. Mm. Um, favorite year in elementary school. Ooh, probably fourth grade because I had a really fun teacher. Yeah. And it was just good class. We just had fun. Awesome. 
This is a new one, just special for Kristen. Ooh. Favorite memory with your husband, Bill? Oh, favorite memory. Oh, my gosh. Or just so a many. fun story that will embarrass him if he listens to this. Oh, yeah. We like to embarrass Bill. <laughs> um... I will say my one memory of Bill, if I had a favorite memory of Bill, it's my only memory of him, was walking into my apartment. I did not know he was going to be there, and he was asleep on the couch, and I was like, who is this strange tattooed man on the couch? And he, like, jolted awake, and he was like, I'm Bill, and then we proceeded to have a lovely conversation. Oh. Yep, he does have many tattoos. Yeah, he does. Um, Favorite memory? I have lots. I have so many. Um, I don't know why, but this just popped into my head and this will be super embarrassing <laughs> when, <laughs> oh God, when he, when we were in high school and he, um, oh no, well, okay, no, I'll go with this one. So when we were <laughs> in school, <laughs> when he asked me out, like asked me to be his girlfriend. Oh my God. Yes. Because you, that was something you did back when you were like had this whole like scavenger hunt I think for me and I think it ended with me being blindfolded somewhere and he drove me somewhere and then he had this whole big thing and there were flowers and this little like do you remember those like cladob rings yes oh cute little ring which I still have oh that's sweet that's really sweet yeah um let's see favorite tv show did we say favorite movie we did not no um, favorite movie is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. It's old, yeah, super super cool, not cool or millennial at all. Please, um, favorite place you've traveled? Yes. Ooh, that one's hard. Um, probably, probably Germany in general because it's just. An amazing country, and we got to live there for a couple years. Um, it's beautiful, and the people are wonderful. And the Christmas markets—I miss the Christmas markets. Goodness, I went to visit her, and we had so much fun. Aww. It was awesome. Um, how old were you when you got your first kiss? <laughs> Slash, was it Bill? <laughs> oh it was not Bill. No, not my first like kind of kiss. Was yeah. not Bill. Um, sixth grade. So. Oh. I was what eleven? I was eleven. Wow, you You're like a, who you knew know. KP? What I a know. little hussy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Support women's choices for their bodies. Um, <laughs> let's see. What other? Why am I blanking on questions? We have so many good ones. We have so many good ones. Um, favorite activity that you used to do when you were a kid? Mm. Did you play a sport? Or um. Please. You clearly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coordinated enough to play any sports. I was a cheerleader, though. Oh, um, cool. So, favorite activity? I mean, I was like a speech and debate nerd, so I get it. Probably writing. I was really into creative writing when I was younger, and I say that because I've recently, well, and then I, you know, worked in journalism for a little while, um, but I've recently started getting back into just some writing for fun, which has been really fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Um, I think this is a good. I think that's good place to end. Yeah, um, KP. Before we close, do you um, and you can email these to us as well, and we'll include them on the website. But do you have any uh, great resources that you would like to direct our listeners to, either to learn more about being a military spouse or any of the other topics we've talked about today? Ooh, sure. Yeah, I can dig some things up. I'll send some, send like one or two military ones, and then. Um, I'll find something good on New Wave Feminism. Awesome. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Um, oh, oh, go on. Oh, I said New Wave Feminism or Pro-Life Feminism. Super interesting. Do it. Love it. Um, well, thank you so, so much for taking... I know an hour after you put two rambunctious little boys to bed is um, is quite yes. a sacrifice of your time. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. And I apologize to your listeners. I think I win the award for, like, biggest downer no it's so interesting well wait till you hear whatever we're putting out like oh did we already put that out last yeah wait till your last last week's week's episode episode. with uh evan john o'hara and pomo oh yeah i wasn't there and there's some interesting conversation it goes the interviews go off the rails when she goes off the rails when i'm not oh 
<laughs> anyway, so uh, we I didn't think it was a downer. I think it was very interesting. Um, so just to close, again, thank you, KP. Um, Maddie and Shay here, Camp Adulthood. Yes. Where can you find us, Maddie, on the internet? Um, you can find us many places. The website, campadulthood.com, where we share all of the episodes are on there, photos of the guests, articles, links to things. It's all on there, bios. Um, you can email us, hello at campadulthood.com. And we're on the Twitter and the Instagram. We have 24 Twitter followers for those that are keeping track. So, but I'm not cool enough for that. Well, we're also on Instagram, Camp underscore Adulthood. Um, so yeah, you can find us. Send us millennial moments and hot topics. Excellent. Um, so oh, and iTunes rate, review, subscribe, and listen. Don't forget. Yes, I always forget that. Yeah, and Shay remembers. We're getting really close to. Getting that sweet blue apron money. Not really, but we're going to pretend. All right. So thanks again, guys. We're going to sing our little sign-off song, and we'll see you next week. Bye. We're actually going to make up a real song, but we haven't done it yet. I have one.